This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz.
Listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Kia everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. Um, so today I have three people with me from the Otago Japanese Students Association, Haruna, Justine, and Amy, and they're here today to talk about their culture, um, the club, and also. Um, Recognizing that tomorrow is、um, Hiroshima Day Memorial, and、um, what we can understand from the history, and how we can support the remembrance of it today.、Um, Kiara, maybe we'll start with you, Justine. Hello, I am Justine, and I'm the president of AJSA. Thank you,、um, Haruna. Hi,、um, I'm Haruna. I'm the event. Officer of OJSA. Thank you.、Um, and Amy. Hi, I'm Amy, and I am the vice president of OJSA. Yay!、Uh, thank you so much, guys, for being here today. I remember I interviewed、um, the Otago Japanese Students Association last year,、um, and it was a really good show. And you could ref- see how、um, diverse everyone in the interview. Was as well, and I'm really excited to listen to what you guys have today.、Um, so maybe we'll talk about what you're studying.、Uh, maybe start with you, Justine. Okay, cool.、Um, I'm studying food science. Yeah. <laughs> In what year?、Um, and I'm third year. Oh yay! Is that your final year? Yes, it is. Are you excited to graduate?、Um, very last, I guess. Not studying, so it'll be. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah.、Mm. I guess、um, after graduation, there's the exciting bit of not knowing what you're gonna go for next year, or do you have some plans? Um. Well, at least for myself, I have some plans. I guess just to work for a bit, and I'd like to go overseas, so it'll be good if that happens. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, Haruna, what are you studying? Um, so I'm in my second year of linguistics and languages,、mm. and yeah, I'm also doing a minor in TESOL. Oh,、um, yes, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, Amy. Um, so I'm doing pharmacy. I'm in my third year, and I have one more year of study before I. Graduate, I guess. <laughs> Exciting.、Mm. How many years have you been in pharmacy?、Um, so this is my third year.、Um, technically, I guess it's second. Like, even though I'm a third year pharmacy student, it's only really my second year of studying it、mm. because I did first year health science in our first year,、um, and that's how me and Justine actually met. <laughs> oh, that's amazing!、Yeah. And、um, I, I guess 
she probably brought you to OJSA or did you just we sort of we sort of came together. Um, we like, were in the same hall. <laughs> yeah. And it's and, like when you're half, I feel like sometimes you can tell someone else is like half as well. Mm. So we kind of saw each other that. and then we had that like Aww. instant it's a connection. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's that vibe, eh? Hmm. Yeah. We're like the only two half Japanese girls in our hall. So we're like, we got to be best friends, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Um, I'm really excited to hear your life experiences being half uh, and half, you know, um, which brings to cultural identity. So, you know, cultural identity is something that we identify with. It's, it's not necessarily something that uh, being put towards us. So let's start with you, Haruna. What would you say is your cultural identity? Um... It's a bit difficult to say, but um, I would say, like, how we, like, talk to people or, like, how we are being, like, polite to each other is, like, a really Japanese thing to be. So, for example, like, we always have to, like, be polite to our teachers, like, elders, to, like, pretty much everyone for, like, meeting for the first time. And in English that's not really a thing so isn't uh there isn't really much of like a formal language in mm. english but japanese we have a variety of them so even for like speaking to elders or like maybe like writing emails or letters we use very formal language and i think that's like a really big part of like japanese thoughts and like culture so that's definitely one thing I can think of mm, and that's a good one um so how is it like being a Japanese person in New Zealand for you um I feel everything's like more chill compared to Japan because Japan always has like all the strict rules I mean it doesn't really have to be strict but I feel like everything's just like surrounded by rules and we have to really care of like what people think of us but here it's really just like about individuals so it feels more like freedom mm. so yeah <laughs> have you grown up in Japan um... um yes I grew up in Japan and I came to New Zealand from year 11 so mm been a while but <laughs> when was the last time you were back in japan um right before covid mm. so, yeah it that was like 2019 in summer so, yeah <laughs> mm. yeah do you have plans to go back anytime soon um i'm hoping to go back maybe like after christmas this year but mm. i'm not really sure but i'm like strongly hoping to mm. oh i only ask because um i'm from malaysia and oh. um, i haven't been home since like pre-covid um but i grew up in new zealand as well so um like home is dunedin and also malaysia but i'm really excited to um go back for a visit next year that's like the only thing I'm looking forward to nowadays um, and the year's going by really fast so you know it's something to look forward to uh, and thank you Haruna for sharing that thank you 
Um, Justine, can you share with us your cultural identity? Um, sure. Uh, so I am half Japanese, and then my father is, uh, he's like Samoan and German looks. So, but I would kind of identify more with Japanese. And also because I've grown up in New Zealand, I feel like I would, I'm kind of Kiwi, like above all of that, because that's just the culture or society I like grew up in. Mm-hmm. How was that like growing up, knowing that you had so many cultures within you? Yeah, um, I actually, I'm still kind of lost still. Like, I think I've always been lost. And also, um, just like living with different parents in different places too. It's kind of, I don't know, you just always feel so lost. But um, I've always had a strong connection with my Japanese side because I live with my mom um, much more longer. And she's taught me a lot of things. And my dad was also really um, into the Japanese culture, I guess. So, Mm. um, yeah. That's really interesting being Japanese and half, um, sorry, was it Samoan? Mm-hmm. Samoan and German. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that these cultures um, overlap or are they very different from what you experience? Um, I actually find, especially Japanese and Samoan culture, they overlap quite a bit, especially with like respecting, I think the side of like respecting and also um the food culture sometimes so yeah yeah hmm. and i'm sure there are things about like family values that um that you the japanese and samoan culture share yes i think so too hmm. um amy can you share with us your cultural identity yeah, so I guess I'm similar to Je- uh, Justine, as I've said before. I'm also half Japanese on my mum's side. And then on my dad's side, I'm half Kiwi. So my dad's from New Zealand. Um, it's certainly been interesting growing up, like, mixed, like, half Japanese, half Kiwi. I think for me, it's probably only sort of recently, or maybe when I start really coming to university, did I start thinking more about my cultural identity as I said I met Justine and I got connected through OJSA um, because before that in my high school and just growing up um, in my city um, we weren't very connected with the Japanese community there it was most so the only real connection I had I guess was me my mum and my brother Um, so even though I guess like we had obviously Japanese influence uh, like cultural influence growing up and in our household um, I've probably only truly felt really connected to my culture um, once I've started coming to university so yeah it's been an interesting um, growing up you know and yeah <laughs> um, what was it like going through that journey um, can you share with us um, I suppose one of the biggest downfalls is I'm not a uh, as fluent in Japanese um, as compared to a lot of other people maybe growing up um, Japanese or half Japanese and I guess for me it kind of felt a bit awkward because <laughs> um, whenever we did meet other Japanese people growing up or other half as we could say <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I felt 
it was a bit awkward for me. I sometimes feel a bit left out because <laughs> I just, you know, couldn't communicate in the language. Um, but um, ever since coming here, I've tried to sort of learn more, um, encourage myself to try and at least learn the language a bit. And it's been really nice connecting with other people of Japanese heritage or like half Japanese or mixed race um, that have had some of the sort of experiences growing up as well so I think that's been really um, encouraging yeah mm. that's great as well that you're part of OJSA you know that I'm sure um, you guys are together for a reason as well to help understand your personal stories as well as being mm. a, there to support other people mm. Mm. Um, let's talk about traditions and um, values because I am really interested in this part of um, culture just because how of how different like values are to compare with different cultures. Um, so what were the traditions and values that you hold on to your, um, in terms of your Japanese culture growing up? Uh, we'll start with Justine. Okay, um, so I guess Japan, I, I would say, is quite a polite, like Japanese people I feel are quite polite, and they're quite, like, keep to themselves, and I feel like I kind of embody that, like, as I, like, as I move around, or, like, in whatever environment I'm in, and um, I think it's just, like, the way that Japanese have a way of doing everything like they have a system they have rules and they I guess all of that kind of um is based off being respectful and of of one another and just like knowing that you're a part of the society but you have a place in your society and again just like being respectful like if there's someone who's older than you there's a respect for elderly or someone who is higher than you. There is a respect for people who are higher than you. And I think I think about that quite a lot. But over here, I think it's not as, um, it's not it's not exactly the same as in Japanese culture. Hmm. Were there any values that were challenged while, you know, you were learning about yourself here? Um... I think it's just, um, maybe it's just not, it's not really exactly values, um, like specific to Japanese culture, but things like, I guess, taking your shoes off when you go in the house, or mm. maybe like table manners when you're eating food. That was quite, I just saw a lot of things over here kind of would be considered quite rude, but um, like in Japanese culture, it would seem quite rude, but it's acceptable here. So I thought that was quite interesting. Mm, yeah. That's so interesting. Um, let's talk about tab table manners. What mm. were some traditions that you grew up with? Um, maybe just like making sure everyone's at the table first before eating and like uh, cutlery, like cutlery, like you wouldn't maybe like, you want to have your cutlery uh, stabbed or like, like just like in your food, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> what does mm, Amy? Like I can how would you? It, 
I think yeah. I can't remember what it signifies, but like you don't. So say like if you've got say pasta or whatever, you don't like stick your fork or spoon or knife like straight into it, or like. So you know how say when people bring out a large serving of food, say a big bowl of, I don't know, it could be stir fry or salads. You always like stick. You always have like a big spoon mm. stick stuck inside it. In Japan, you'd never do that because uh, I don't know. You might know what it means. I think it's like. Does it mean bad? Give you bad luck or something? Um, for so for like we have a lot of like chopstick rules. So I'm not sure, but I think like a lot of them are like for bad luck, or、um, for example, you shouldn't have your chopsticks like standing towards your rice bowl, because、mm. if you do that, that rice will be for the people who like already died or something. So、mm. there's a lot of like rules like that relating to like more like a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and、mm. that's amazing, you know, to to have that knowledge, that cultural knowledge. Um, um, I find myself knowing very little about my Malay culture, but when I talk to my grandma and she t- tells me all these things, I just feel like, oh, okay, that's why people do that, you know, and just kind of makes sense when you hear it from someone who, like, lives through those, um, cultural traditions. Uh, thank you, Justine, for sharing us with that.、Um, Amy, can you share with us some traditions that you still follow? I think、um, I'm very similar to Justine in the fact that growing up, particularly my parents, especially my mum, but I guess both my parents, really emphasising on the fact of respecting elders, respecting those who are in authority or in higher position than you,、um, being how to be formal.、Um, So, for example, I guess in New Zealand,、um, and your people are more casual when they talk to their、uh, lecturers or professors, they can call them by name.、Um, for me, I always like write professor or something for their name, or even my teachers from high school. Even though I've graduated, they say you can call me by name. I still have to call them like Mister and like or Misses and their surname. You know, it's just you just it feels like. They have that place in society, and it's like you, they you ought to show them respect、um, because it is what they deserve. So I can definitely relate to that. Definitely, hundred percent. She's off in the house. I can never <laughs> wear shoes in the house. Yeah, and、um, table manners, like all these things, are really similar、um, to what Justine has mentioned as well. So yeah. <laughs>、mm, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, are there traditions or values that you want to learn in the like during this lifetime?、Mm, that's a good question.、Mm. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I guess、mm, learning ways to be. I guess there's always more to learn on how to be respectful in、um, certain environments.、Um, I think another big thing in Japan is sort of having honor and pride.、Um, more like, essentially, you don't want to make situations more awkward for yourself or anyone else.、Um, so I guess things like that, you want learning ways to overcome that. And yeah, <laughs> can't really think of. 
than the others because <laughs> it's like I feel like a lot of it is just kind of natural because as I said there was still a lot of Japanese influence um growing up um in my household so I feel like I still embody quite a few of that yeah mm, and maybe you don't even realize those are <laughs> you know traditions because you basically mm. grew up with it and um you would only realize how it's different when you can when people mention it or people mm. like say it mm. Mm. that's interesting um haruna can you share with us some values or traditions you follow um i think it's just like the really like tiny things in life like everyday life like you said earlier um i didn't realize much until i came here like when i came here i started like to know other international students who grew up in like completely different culture and i had like host brothers sisters who were like from other asian countries and looking on like how they live or like how they just do stuff was pretty different and i felt like it was like completely different culture but because of like the traditions or like thoughts i learned from like just growing up or like talking to my moms and yeah so i think it's just everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't realize until you know um until someone points it out because it's within yeah. you you just live through it every day Mm. Mm, yeah so I found like some things that other people just do and was pretty shocking to me because if I did that back home I would be seen like a weirdo or maybe like my mom will like just not be happy seeing me <laughs> do that mm. stuff mm. so yeah I guess that's the whole like respect and like tradition things like Justine and Amy mentioned so mm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, guys. That that was amazing. Um, I I just love listening and hearing um how different people experience their life and um what better way than talking and like listening to you guys share your stories. Um, so let's talk about the Otago Japanese Students Association. Um, I've interviewed the OJSA a few years back, and also a few years back and last year too. Um, but, you know, the club changes its dynamic every year and the events that happen every year as well is very different. Um, so maybe one of you can introduce OJSA to us? Yeah, I could probably do that. So I guess in our description for OJSA, we, we do stand for Otago Japanese Students Association, but we're not strictly exclusive to Japanese students or people of Japanese descent. So we try to, um, you know, provide opportunities where all students from all backgrounds, no matter what, um, can share like appreciation for Japanese culture or just um, come together, participate in events that have a Japanese theme or Japanese cultural theme to it um, because there are we do realize that um, there's a lot of people interested in Japan and Japanese culture and the language and so we try to uh, organize events for uh, that are you know suitable for everyone and welcoming for everyone um, so we've had a few events throughout the year 
um, our first welcome event was at Takehichi Restaurant um, in about, I think, March this year, in which we had about 50 people, I believe, which was really an uh, amazing opportunity given that we were in COVID-19, like I think it was level red, coming, but there was a lot of restrictions going around. So we were really fortunate to have um, our welcome event. And we really focused on it being um, a very welcoming environment, uh, encouraging people to socialize, meet new people. Um, we also provided food for them, so um, like Japanese cuisine. And yeah, just like, you know, a fun, friendly, welcome environment. So, you know, anyone, everyone feels included. Um, later that semester, we also did an ice skating collaboration with the Thai Students Association. Um, so ice skating is an extremely popular uh, activity in Japan. I think the most, um, one of our like uh, national ice skaters has gone on to win you know, uh, some of the Olympics, Olympic medals. So it's very popular <laughs> in Japan. And um, I think we had quite a few people come along to that. It was really fun. I always enjoy ice skating. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess our most recent event that we had in second semester was our sushi making event mm. or sushi making competition, um, which was, again, really popular. Uh, we basically... Um, we provided ingredients for our members or anyone that joined rather and they could just be creative as they wanted or show off you know the amazing cooking skills and like just create you know sushi um, creations and we provided awards for like most aesthetic and creative pieces that we saw um, before that we also had a potluck um, because we had quite a few international students coming in um for the semester so you really wanted them to feel welcome as well and also we did a origami uh collaboration with the art club as well so we've been a bit busy these past few weeks <laughs> that's amazing and i love how different it, each um event was and how it mm. actually signifies japanese culture in different ways mm. Mm. um what do you think are parts of japanese culture that attracts people because you mentioned that there are people who are non-Japanese in your club. People are interested in Japanese culture. Um, so, well, I think food is a big attraction, as with, I feel, with most cultures as well. Just like any culture, food is quite big. And we've had lots of requests. Like when, we, when members sign up to our um, membership, they have questions to answer and we ask them, what they might want to see from us. So as in like what they want to see from OJSA and food related events is probably one of the most common answers. So yeah, food is always good. That's so good. Yeah. Um, let's have a song break. And I know that you guys brought some songs for us today. So can one of you share one of the songs? Um, so the song I brought is called Mixed Nuts by, who is it? It's been a really famous, popular song, song for about a couple of months now. It was a theme song for a really popular anime, which was an anime called Spy Family. 
and it has like a really fun like pop music so I wanted I chose that I heard so much good things about that anime and my partner yes. wants me to watch it <laughs> um, it is really good so I would definitely recommend people to watch it yeah <laughs> um so we'll be right back after the song break
And you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and you're here with me for Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. I'm here with students from the um, Otago Japanese Students Association, Haruna, Amy, and Justine. And we're here to talk about Japanese culture, the club, and also Hiroshima Day. Um... So let's talk about Hiroshima Day, because that's, um, cause that's cause that event is on the 6th of August, um, and it's a chance for us to acknowledge and hear from Japanese students of what they have to share with us today. Um, so can anyone tell us about your story of Hiroshima Day? And what you remember? Yep, sure. Um, so the commemoration is about the events of the atomic bombings um, 77 years ago. And there was two bombings, so one on Hiroshima first, and then three days later, there was another one on Nagasaki. And the event is significant to World War Two, especially because it um, was like the closing of World War Two when Japan surrendered to the US a week, uh, less than a week later. And this event occurs every year and it's still important today because especially um, we still have Hibakusha, who are people who have been affected by either of the bombings in Hiroshima or Nagasaki. And it provides an opportunity to bring like a sensitive topic um, like every year for people to talk about and especially with the concerns about nuclear weaponry and um, the current uh, the current conflict between Russia and Ukraine so yeah and the day also helps to bring reflection upon humanity by sharing stories passing these stories onto the next generation and further educating people about peace. Um, and by educating these people or everyone about the day, it's a method for prevention and never, and for it to like never have this kind of event occur again. Um, also, I just want to mention that even though the event did take place in Japan, the idea about um, Wanting peace and resolving conflict is something that's not just a um, that's not just exclusive to Japanese people, and I think it's really relevant to everyone else. And yeah, that's just a little bit about the day. Mm, thank you, Justine. That's a very good um, sharing about Hiroshima Day and what it means to you. Um, Haruna, do you have anything to add with that? Um, so when you're in Japan, you really learn quite a lot about that day and like the whole event and I guess that's because for us to like keep on knowing how terrible it was and to like pass on to generations so I for my school trip in middle school we went to Hiroshima and we went to these like places with the whole where the bombing happened and we also like heard some stories from actual people who experienced it and it was really sad and I 
like realized again how bad the whole thing was so yeah i think it's important to like spread how um we shouldn't be like repeating the same thing again thank you um amy can you add anything yeah i guess for me i obviously grew up um knowing about the atomic bombs and why they occurred and how they happened for me what was quite significant is realizing the after effects of the bomb so it's not like it obviously had an instant effect where it killed several people at at the time of the bomb but also it had long-term after effects um such as like causing leukemia and other radiation effects and people afterwards and i think that's quite um it's quite hard to sort of think about what they suffered um for me when i was little i remember reading a story about this girl named sadako i think it is yeah and um she was two at the time of the bombing and she um uh 10 years later she eventually died of um leukemia because of the uh radiation i believe from the uh atomic bomb and it's quite growing up reading that story i remember crying at the end because it was just like oh it's just such a sad story yeah can you tell us more about the girl you mentioned um so her name was sadako she was she grew up in hiroshima and she was a healthy girl but one day she found out she got leukemia because of the bomb which happened when she was like two years old and after she was diagnosed she kept just feeling bad and she was really ill and she was in hospital but while she was in hospital she heard from other patients about this um, paper crane and cranes are a symbol in japan for like healthy lives and maybe like um longevity mm. so she decided to make paper cranes out of like paper she had and there is a it's like a fortune myth of if you make a thousand cranes it will be like good luck or like your wish will come true so she kept on making them she made over a thousand while she was in hospital but unfortunately she died i think it was like 8 or 10 months after she was diagnosed with leukemia but yeah um so that's the story of her and after she died her friends from school and people around her also um the other bakshas they decided to make a statue of her like to remember how everyone like including children and just everyone who was affected by it and to remember them so that's there's a statue right next to the um atomic bomb dome which is in Hiroshima and that was like the center of where the atomic bomb was dropped and it's still there and yeah every year there's like so many people from like all around the world making a thousand cranes and um giving it to the statue yeah mm, that's such a beautiful story and it really shows how um you know 
the war it's it's terrible but you try to make it um acknowledge so that it's a positive thing through the cranes the paper cranes um and yeah. thank you guys for sharing that um so knowing that the Hiroshima day is yeah is the Japanese club uh, having any events relating to Hiroshima day um yeah so i just say we'll be helping out with the Hiroshima memorial service on saturday um we will as we mentioned about the 1000 cranes we call that a simbazuru in japan so um our members we are encouraging them to um create uh cranes uh, uh to contribute towards the simbazuru uh that was part of the reasons what, why we had that origami a uh, collaboration with art club earlier this semester um to create some cranes to help us create cranes towards that um and once we've done that uh we will present that during the Hiroshima memorial service as well as give a speech on behalf of Japanese students um basically reminding people never to forget about the Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bombs and you know calling for world peace um and encouraging uh the world to be nuclear weapon free because we just our main concern or our main focus during Hiroshima memorial service is that focus on um you know ensuring that an event like this doesn't happen again because you know we don't want innocent lives to be taken or to suffer the after effects of it you know ever so yeah, yeah. that's kind of our main uh uh input that we're doing mm. Mm. and thank you so much for doing the work and um sharing this knowledge to people around the community um it's great that we're putting it out there so that people know and they will always remember what happened Um so you know the, all these conversations they must bring a lot of trauma and um sadness into your life um so I am really passionate about mental health and well-being so I do want for us to talk about that how how are ways you're taking care of yourself um your well-being these days when especially when you know anniversaries of um bad things happen cuz i know that um every time march 15 is near i would feel a lot anxious um than usual can you share with us how you're feeling and what you're doing with it Um, so I think at least for the Hiroshima commemoration for our club um it's just always nice to know that there are, that you're not the only one especially when we're gathering um together you won't ever feel like you're the only one suffering so I think it's important that you just acknowledge that you're not the only one and people also feel the same way and relate to you. Mm. That's a good one. What about you, Haruna? Um for my well-being, I really think like talking to 
friends and like meeting them really helps. So the regular meetup we started this year, it's really like helping me because like last year, um, I really didn't know anyone from the club. So even I was a part of it, it really didn't feel like I knew people. But this year, having the chance to like meet people and doing that regularly will just make me feel like, oh, I have the regular meetup this week. I might just look forward to it and I'll have fun when I see people. So that, that really helps me. Mm, that's great. Just human connection, right? Yeah. Mm. What about you, Amy? Me, I guess I'm similar, like meeting up with friends, um, being able to talk with them and hang out with them. I think also I have a close relationship with my family as well. So um, <laughs> whenever I'm stressed, they always know what I'm going through. So definitely um, chatting with my parents and my other family members um, is really important to me as well to help uh, take care of my mental health and well-being for sure, yeah. Mm, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing all that. These are really useful tips for people listening as well. And I'm taking this all in too. Um, the more conversations we have about mental health, the more normal it is for mm-hmm. people to open up. Um, so before we end the show today, um, it might be worth to share again about the uh, Memorial Day, uh, Hiroshima Memorial Day and when when and where it's happening and other OJSA events that people can look forward to? Um, So the Hiroshima uh, commemoration is this Saturday, so Saturday the 6th at 11am. It'll be by the Peace Pole, but if it's not, then because I think it might, due to weather concerns, it could also be um, somewhere else. But the ch- yeah, it'll be at the, I think it's the Church of the Holy Name, so the Catholic Church, um, really close to the Central Library. If it's if it's raining or the weather's bad, that's where it'll be. But hopefully it'll be by the Peace Pole, sort of in the, I think it's Union Lawn? No, the, the lawn just outside the museum. Mm. <laughs> and where can people find more information about the club or um, anything about the Hiroshima Day Memorial? Um, so we have a Facebook page called OJSA and we also have an Instagram page as well, which is, I, I think the account name is OJSA22XX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So usually um, I would recommend the Facebook page that has basically all the information that you need, including the event uh, for Hiroshima this Saturday. And more events to come, which I wonder is it okay if I just mention some of the stuff that OJS met. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we, um, this is something that we don't post on our reg, uh, Facebook page, but we have a thing called regular meetups, which is something that Haruna mentioned before, and it's open to everyone. And it's something we started, especially um, because we thought, it might be nice to have something weekly and make it easy for people to make friends. And also, again, we had a large amount of responses from our members um, wanting regular meetups to happen. So it's something that occurs every Saturday, but we have a group chat for that. So that's just an event ongoing until the end of the year. 
And other stuff we have um, planned is the Full Moon Festival in September. And this will be a collaboration with other um, Otago affiliated clubs. I think that includes the Vietnamese club and Malaysian club as well. Mm. Um, and then we also will be partaking in the cultural expo with OISA, which I think is the international club. The international club, I think. The at Otago. International. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, something that everyone's been looking forward to, we have the Grand Hanami, which is when um, the cherry blossoms are like in full bloom and it's just a really it's like a festive it's kind of fest yeah it's kind of festive and like we'll mm -hmm. have the koto club and taiko taiko performing there as well mm. so yeah i think that's pretty much yeah it. The Hanami has been cancelled, I think, for the past two years because of COVID. Mm. Um, so I think hopefully this year it should be um, like going full ahead. So we're really excited because it's usually quite a big festival, or at yeah. least in mm. um, Nelson, where I'm from, it's always a huge festival. So I'm really excited. <laughs> That's so exciting. I'm really looking forward to hear about that. Mm. And um, we'll probably do a visit there as well because... <laughs> Um, the Nina will get warmer and hopefully mm. the cherry blossoms will come out. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your stories and how vulnerable it is to sh talk about your culture and, um, you know, the tragedy as well. So thank you. Thank you, Irina, thank for you. giving us this opportunity. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And to anyone listening, you're most welcome to message our Facebook page. Um, to, if you have any questions or want to join our club or like our regular meetups or any our events, then please do message us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.